a Dad's Net original podcast. Hi, I'm Michael. And I'm Paul. We're the Atwell Brices and this is Diffability. The podcast for parents with children who have disabilities. We're the proud dads of two sets of identical twins, Lance and Lawson, our youngest. And Levi and Lucas, our older twins, who are diagnosed with autism and epilepsy, amongst other disabilities. In Diffability, we'll be helping you with tips and recommendations. And we'll be speaking to special guests and most of all, you'll hear that you are not alone in your journey. Hello and welcome back to Diffability. We are back and it seems a while since we have done this because we've been so busy and it's nice to have you all with us again. Yeah, so it's been the Easter holidays recently, hasn't it? And Levi, Lucas, Lawson and Lance are schools in two different authorities. So Lawson and Lance broke up a week before the boys, then it was the boys, then... So in all, all in all, we had three weeks of the kids in the house. So the other day, we came in the house after dropping them all off at school, and it was just weird hearing silence, wasn't it? It was like quieter. What a long Easter <laughs> holidays it has been. Yeah. Wow. It's gone on and on and on and on. And I hope a lot of you parents will resonate with this and agree with us. You know, the first few days are great. You get to do things and then... You're the fourth day into the holiday and you're like, Yeah, and then after having three weeks off, obviously, the schools have to have had an inset day on on the first day back. So here's my gripe with (laughs) schools. You have a two-week Easter holiday and then they're due to go back on the Monday, say, but no, can't go back on the Monday. We're starting on the Tuesday because the Monday after the holidays, we have an inset day. And you hear so many teachers moaning about how tired they are. And when the schools break up, they are smiling and laughing. Have a great holiday. Have a great holiday. See you soon. Want to hear all about it when you get back. And then two weeks later, (laughs) we return back to school and their faces are like thunder. You know, and the parents are all happy and smiley. And the teachers are like, Oh, that went so quick. And the parents are like, no, it didn't. It dragged and dragged yeah. and dragged. It did not go quick. It seemed to go on forever. So the the first week, Lawton and Lansom were off. So we just did little bits with them. Then there was all off the second week. So we went to the caravan and it was actually, actually was quite nice weather, wasn't it? We dropped We on. were very lucky with the weather at the caravan. Um, very lucky because the sun was out, albeit there was a cold wind. We were still able to get out with yeah. the kids and do some nice activities. One of the days, yeah, we went for a walk up on the seafront pushing the boys. And I don't know why we had a towel with but we had a towel with and we all had shorts on and it was freezing. So Paul wrapped it around him. It looked like a skirt. I didn't and these care. Young, these young lads were pissing themselves down at him. I yeah, just this, didn't care. They wanted a plain towel either. What, what were it? And no, because I liked... around his legs. For those of you who know us, I like to be warm. I feel the cold really quick. I, I'm I terrible it, so at being cold. The eating's on full blast all the time and then it's red hot and I feel like I'm going to pass out. And It's like living in the Caribbean in our house and it's fabulous. Yeah. But I do want to say, since we have been doing this podcast, we have found out so many different kind of people are listening to this because you've all been approaching us saying, you know, the topics we talk about are really relatable and 
we enjoy listening to it. So we've had a lot of parents who tune into this. I think the baby's head said to me the other day when I dropped him off, she'd listen to the podcast and it was strange listening to us. So it's nice having a head teacher listen to On that format. I mean, the head teacher of Lotan and Lancet School. She is very glamorous and she is very beautiful. So I'm sure she will love that mention from me because I think she's got a bit of a soft spot for me personally. Yeah. So during the Easter holidays, it has been Levi and Lucas's birthday. And that to us brings so many different emotions all the time. But as a parent to children with special needs, when it's milestone birthdays, yeah. it kind of hits home a bit harder sometimes. So a simple thing was when we were opening the birthday cards for the boys, yeah. I got really emotional and upset because... You often so the boys can never open their own birthday cards because they don't understand how to do that. But we always try to sit down and support them opening the wrapping paper. It to be honest, it don't really mean nothing to them. They, they it's that pre-excitement of it. They don't understand birthday. birthdays and Christmases, do they? They don't understand it. So we for we used to be really like we used to feel awful and. And I remember one Christmas we went out to Tesco and I just bought them tons of toys, but they had no interest in them at all. So now we it's don't... It's all about giving them good experiences. Yeah. That so we don't actually like. buy them a present as such. Um, like a, our normal child or mainstream child will get a main present and loads of little presents or really special present for the 16th and 18th. We haven't done that for years. So we, we normally put stuff towards like something they really enjoy like a theme park or towards going back to disney and we get them just something small that we know they like like a, a big pack of bouncy balls or some sensory toys little fidget toys we never really buy them that much for the birthdays now because that time when i went to tesco and just bought them tons of toys and it was like they, were, they had no interest in them at all and it were just us feeling guilty that they didn't have a pile of toys but they actually didn't mean anything to them but we had an overnight stay at Alton Towers. We were very lucky to be in the... Is it something special suite? Yeah, so we were in hotel? the Mr. Tumble something special suite, which was so colourful and nice. You'll have seen it if you're on his Instagram page and stuff. It is a really nice room, and it's actually got a sensory like wall in it with different a sensory tactile wall. It's very bright, very yeah. colourful, very child friendly you feel like you're sleeping on the set of something special the cbb's program it had a sensory like light didn't it with all different colors yeah and it was <laughs> until two o'clock in the morning michael worked out how to turn it off oh right, we're doing my editing so I, I like it to be pitch black and this sensory light all these different colors were like shining all over the walls i can't get to sleep with that on so I got up, was pressing every button, it was turning every light on in the room, barring like this sensory light. So, you know, in hotel rooms, they've got like them cards that you shove in to put the electric on. I just ended up having to rag that out to turn it off because it would have been in. But... but Levi Lucas got to meet their idol, which is uh, Iggle Piggle from In the Night Garden, as a lot of you will know. And uh, we had some very special time with him. Alton Towers had kindly organised that for Levi Lucas for them turning 16. And we were very fortunate to be able to have some extra things in the room. They'd, they'd organised yeah. balloons and a birthday cake, which was just so special. And it's those little touches that make everything so much nicer. There's, and you tend to yeah. remember things There's a little backstory so to that, though, isn't there? So 
Levi and Lucas have always loved in the night garden, and if CBeebies ever turned it off or axed it, that'd be mortifying. But they they've always watched it, and when they were when Levi were about five or six, he um he were really poorly with his epilepsy, and he ended up being ventilated and. It was in the night guard and being brought up on the TV and put in the DVD player that actually helped him come round. Um, so to for them to meet him again on their 16th birthday and to enjoy all the rides in CBeebies land and the other rides, it were a really nice, magical, special day. And in the morning we had breakfast in the CBeebies restaurant and they came over and sang happy birthday. So they, in the restaurant, they played the CBeebies happy birthday song throughout the whole restaurant. Yeah, so if you ever go to CBeebies Hotel and it is one of your kids' birthdays, that's actually free. And they put like a load of muffins together with a candle in and they put the birthday party, everybody sing. The the, the song from the CBeebies. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, that one. They, they you know play that, that and then the staff in the restaurant come up in the yellow and purple uniforms and they do a little dance and and uh, wish the kids happy birthday and clap and that were really nice. It were, it were a really nice birthday for the boys. So it were everything they enjoy in one. So CBeebies, the characters and funfair rides, it were like their ideal day. So that were really magical and nice. And then it was my birthday as well. So yeah, I had celebrations uh, two days after. So what did we do on my birthday? So I had some beautiful cards from Levi Lucas from their school, which the boys had helped make. And then from Lurton and Lanson School, yeah. they'd organised for them to make cards Levi for me. Levi had helped glue some sequins onto your card, hadn't you? Yeah, and then I had a really nice card um, from Lurton and Lancer School. Uh, with uh, the reason why it was a really nice card is because it had all pictures of me on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I think it was a really nice card. <laughs> and uh, they'd chosen really nice pictures, not ones where I look really rough and tired and shattered like I normally do. So I really liked that. No, it was a nice day and we all just had a relaxed day together, didn't we? So yeah, I turned uh, 32 the other day. And um, a lot of people have been asking about my age. Yes, I'm actually 32. And um, so here's to many, many more. So we've got a great guest coming up, which is... Thomas Henley. Now, Thomas, today, we're going to be talking to him and finding all about his life, his journey. Uh, So that's a really good interview that's coming up later on the Differability Podcast. You need to stay tuned because it gives you a great insight into living with Asperger's autism yeah. and how the older generation, as I kind of say, because we're used to chill, young children, whereas Thomas is more of an adult. He's a great advocate, though, isn't he, for Asperger's autism. And you can check him out on his Instagram page. We've met Thomas a couple of times. We met him at the Born Anxious Fashion Show and also at the Merlin uh, Magic Bond event at Madame Tussauds. So um, it's fascinating seeing adults living with autism and Asperger's as well and how they manage and cope with different situations. So that's coming up later on the Differability podcast, that interview with Thomas Henley. It's a real insight into living with Asperger's and autism. So now on the Differability podcast, we are going to be answering one of our listener questions, which is all about... So this has come in from uh, John through the Dad's Net Parenting Group and 
basically wanting to know what happens when children with disabilities and autism and profound disabilities like Levi and Lucas, what happens when they come of age um, and we're going through all this at the moment so um, we actually had their national insurance numbers come through before the birthday which it's quite sad really because they'll never really be able to use them, they'll never really be able to work the boys um, or, or be able to get a job. Although they're successfully like in their own rights with the party campaigns and their ambassadors for Cordwell Children and My AFK, they'll never be able to do paid employment as such because of the level of their disabilities. Um, we were on the phone to their neurologist a couple of weeks ago and she's saying now the transfer starts to adult services, which every parent with disabilities dreads. We just absolutely dread this. You hear so much negativity about it. I think it were covered once with Harvey Price and Katie. They filmed him moving over from... So you kind of been working with these professionals like their neurologists, paediatricians, specialist dentists, physios, OT, speech and language therapists. You kind of been working with these for like since they were two year old onwards and then suddenly the dietitian everything can change and you have to be transferred to new hospitals adult services different neurologists you have to build up a whole new le level of trust and understanding and they have to get to know the boys their conditions the severity of their epilepsy how to manage like their autism what works best for them and it's really I mean, the dentist said they'll be moving over after their next appointment to... They've had her since they were two. So two to 16, and then suddenly it changes to a brand new person. Could be male or female. It could be at a different centre to what they used to. And every parent, I think, thinks the same. The dread moving to adult services, because you hear so much negativity about it that it's just the care side as well and stuff, and... You've got to do it. I mean, I said to the neurologist, she brought it up. I says, can you just leave it as long as possible under paediatrics and we'll do it when we really have to. And they have to kind of start the ball rolling now, but that's what situation we're in at the moment. So the boys are going to post-16 education, still in the same setting, where it's whether they're going to be offered 16 hours or full-time because of the budgets and the cutbacks. And, um, yeah, so... That's what we're going for at the moment. So the product we are going to talk about very quickly here on the Differability Podcast today is Levi and Lucas have some new buggies, which we are delighted to have. And obviously we're going to be using them for when we go to America, take the boys to Disney in July. They are the Conveyed Cruiser Rodeo Buggies. Now what's great about these is, although Levi and Lucas are 16, they still fit them. And most important, they have the tilt and space option as well. So if we're out with the boys and they have a seizure, we can still tilt them back. And they don't look like scaffolding. And I think a lot of um, special needs families will relate to that we don't want to put the boys in equipment that just looks awful they're really colorful they come in different colors have a look on the website i think it's just because we get asked a lot don't we when the boys get a new buggy or a piece of equipment people message a lot saying what is that where is it from and this and other 
So we thought we'd just pop that in the podcast, what it's called, and you can have a quick look. Anyway, the the boys, these were funded by uh, MyFK. You remember Lena we had on last week? They were funded by MyFK charity. Um, and like we say all the time, it's important to look for different charities. We always recommend Cordwell, AFK, uh, New Life, and other charities that fund equipment and stuff for special needs families because it's important to access as much as you can. So give them, you know, go on the website, have a look at them. They're a great buggy. And I know as soon as we start taking the boys out in them, a lot of people will say, oh, that they, that would work for my child, you know, who who funded it. So it was actually my AFK who funded it. I think we've, al- we've always tried to avoid putting them in a mainstream wheelchair because um, they are still children. They're only 16 and... The biggest thing for us is we need it to be able to recline back and tilt back when the boys have a seizure. So it's happened many a time where, especially Levi's, had a seizure when we're out and about. And if he's sat up, it needs to be laid flat to keep his airways open and get the saliva out. And people with children with epilepsy will understand that. So that's one of the like the biggest things that we need the to be able to tilt back to to help the boys recover from a seizure. <laughs> So that is our recommendation this week on the Diffability Podcast. It's a Conveyed Cruiser Rodeo uh, buggy. Have a look online. You will see what a great product But if any of you guys have seen anything like that you think should be recommended or you found really helpful for any condition or disability, do drop us a message or uh, email in to the guys at the Dad and Set and um, we'll happy to recommend it because there's that much equipment out there and sometimes families struggle to find the right stuff, so... Do send your bits and bobs in that have helped you, whether it be sensory equipment or mobility equipment. Do let us know. And stay with us because very shortly we're going to be talking to the amazing Thomas Henley about his life and living with Asperger's and autism and how society are accepting and sadly how society still need to evolve and improve. That's coming up later on the Difficulty Podcast. So welcome back to the Differability Podcast with myself, Paul. And me, Michael. And today we have a very, very special guest. And it's a young gentleman who we've had the joy and the privilege to meet and get to know this young man and the incredible journey he's on um, for everything that he stands for. It's Thomas Henley. Hi, Thomas. Hello. Thank you so much for asking me to come on today. (laughs) You are most welcome. You are most welcome. So I just want to give our listeners a brief insight into your background and who you are, what you do, who you advocate for and where your strengths are 100%. So Thomas Henley is an autism and mental health advocate and you are based in North Yorkshire, not too far from us because we're South Yorkshire. Thomas has delivered presentations to the DWP on the personal independence payments plans. He has worked in SDN schools. Thomas is a Commonwealth national gold medal in Taekwondo. So you don't want to mess with (laughs) Thomas has a degree in biomedical science. Thomas runs his own social media pages and podcasts. Uh, Yeah, yeah, including you do your own YouTube videos and and raise awareness on them. 
Um, we've just cherry picked some main bits because you've done quite a lot, haven't you? You've done you, quite a lot of different stuff. Throughout your life, you have faced many difficulties in your mm. personal life, and you are very open about this. And I'll, what I love about you is you use this to your advantage to help others. So you face things like depression, eating disorders, panic attacks, and all these are experiences where you help other people. And it's an absolute pleasure and joy to have you here on the Diffability Podcast. Thank you very much. Very glamorous introduction. <laughs> well, you are very glamorous, actually, Thomas. So Thank you very I don't much. mind saying that myself. Thank you. So, you know. The same we first met you, didn't we, at the Born Anxious Fashion Show in London, but we never really got a chance to speak. So it's been nice that we caught up again briefly at the Merlin, at the Madame Tussauds event. But again, yeah. like, it was so busy, wasn't it, for everybody? We, you, you never get a chance to talk properly. And we think no. from looking further into like your social media pages and what you're all about, you have so much to offer. And a lot of people, a lot of people that's been listening to this podcast, they want real people on and actual people that are diagnosed themselves. And they want it, even we do, because we're obviously not autistic, but Levi and Lucas are. So we only understand it from a parent's point of view, not, Sure. from actual perspective of someone that lives and breathes it every day. And we are always the first to say, just because you've met somebody who's on the spectrum, that doesn't mean you understand the spectrum. Because, yeah. um, you know, you are a prime example of this because we meet people all the time when we have no idea they're on the spectrum. And just because Levi and Lucas are so severe with their autism, it's just huge, the spectrum, isn't it, Thomas? Yeah, it's... Um... So it's it's a very complex thing to to kind of conceptualize what what autism is because the labels and the diagnostic criteria and and everything like that seem to change very rapidly just as people start to get to grips with it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So from your from your point of view, Thomas, when when did you realize you were not having difficulties, but you felt maybe different to other kids, or how were you like? How did you get diagnosed and what age and stuff and how did it all happen for you? Well, I think that the first time that I I really could notice differences between myself and, and, and the other people, the other kids around me, was sort of coming on late late into primary school. So just, just before secondary school, it started to be very apparent that, you know, people understood things that I did not about a certain situation or things of that nature and I started to get in trouble a lot because a lot of the other kids uh, took advantage of my uh, trustful ignorant nature and and got me to to shout obscenities at uh, passers-by and teachers and other pupils and such so that was kind of the first behavioral thing that my parents picked up on but I used to stim a lot I used to rock back and forwards and spin on a spot incessantly when my parents were trying to watch TV. And um, I was diagnosed at about the age of 10. And, you know, since since then, I I kind of dipped dip my toes into a little bit of what autism meant, but I didn't really know much other than the fact that I struggled with the sensory processing stuff and also the social interaction and, and communication. Um, it was only until my early 20s or around 1920 that 
I really um not 1920, but <laughs> between 19 <laughs> and 20. <laughs> I'm not that old. Um that I really started to see, you know, okay, maybe maybe I haven't been paying attention to what this this autism thing's about. Yeah. So prior to like your official diagnosis and, and more assessments, were you kind of, did you feel labelled as like a naughty child? Were you kind of, is that kind of what category you were putting at school or did school have an understanding and were the, were the understanding or were it quite difficult? It was, it was very strange because I, I progressed really quickly um, academically and you know, at the same time, I was struggling to pay attention in class and I was sort of branded as the, the kid who couldn't stop laughing and talking and, and making jokes out of things. I was very much the kind of class class clown. I was very feel-good and positive and sometimes yeah. that bled into the, the classroom environment. Um, but I think definitely from other parents, uh, that was an issue because of what, what I said about uh, other children getting me to do stuff that was naughty. Um, so, so I did it because I, I didn't realize the social context of it and wh- why it was bad and didn't really know about the words, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, so it led, led me a lot to um, being a, a negative centerpiece to a lot of parties. And so I didn't, didn't tend to get invited back to stuff. But I've seen like recently on some of your posts, you were speaking about um, masking. Now, mm. it's quite a new phrase that isn't it, that's coming out a lot more uh, lately. We've seen people talking about it, like Christy McGuinness and things that have mm. recently been diagnosed, that especially with girls with autism, that the, the mask it a lot at school and, and try and hide it and blend in with other people. And then they can sometimes exhibit more their behaviours at home. I know we've had parents contacting us saying they really think they're autistic they're doing all these behaviors at home and very much typical of autistic behaviors mm. but at school they're kind of hiding it mm. that's um quite a new thing that people are mm. starting to talk a lot more about isn't it at the moment and it, t- it tends to be when when they get home that's when they unload all of their yeah pent-up anxiety and stress and confusion and, and sadness where where they feel safer which is usually at home of the yeah. school and yeah, it's, it is interesting that you bring up about, about girls because it does tend to be much more of a staple, especially like in high, high school age, secondary school rather. Um, it seems to be something that, that girls exhibit a lot more than men. Men tend to, um, or at least in my experience and the other autistic men that I've talked to, uh, we just kind of get on with with our hobbies and interests and just kind of stand by and observe rather than try and get involved too much. Um, I think for me personally, my masking came on as, as a result of um, after school. Um, yeah. So I wasn't very good with the social stuff and until I got, you know, went to university and I kind of had to craft a social circle around myself rather than be thrust into one. And um, that, that lended to a lot of masking, I would say, you know, to trying to fit in, trying not to uh, put people off talking to me. 
um, there was a big adjustment period where I was learning about all these different social skills um, through like psycho psychology and, and sociology and philosophy and, you know, more or less just working on myself. And that was the period at which I was, you know, trying to figure out what, what part of this is me and what part of this is me speaking the neurotypical language, which is, you know, it's, it's a different sort of communication style. I think you're very inspirational. I, you know, listening to your talk, um, I do want to ask, how old are you, Thomas? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 25. So for a 25-year-old man, you're very well educated and the knowledge you have, I presume we obviously gain knowledge from life experiences around us and the situations we deal with. It's very clear that you have dealt with lots of different situations in your life and that has made you the person you are. Um, I just think for, for your age, like when you sent the bio... And I was like, wow, yeah, to see the, this guy's done more than me. <laughs> you got the Commonwealth, like National Gold Medal in Taekwondo. Yeah, we and, don't want to fight with you. And then the degree... <laughs> You're going to make me blush again. Stop it. <laughs> then the degree in uh, bioscience and stuff like that. You've achieved a lot, haven't you, for, like, for your age that you are at the moment and you're still achieving now and you're helping other people. I think like from us personally... Um, we found it really difficult to access cams for Levi and Lucas because it were always because they're non-verbal, so easy for them to turn them down and say it's just their autism, it's just their autism. Yeah. When we saw clear problems and school did that with anxiety and stuff. So when you were going through all that, I mean, I don't know if it were cams back then or if it were called something different or whatever. It was cams. Did, yeah. Was it? Did, did were it as difficult then, Thomas? Or do you think it's got worse or how did you find access in all that, all them services? I, I definitely got fast tracked a lot because I was, when I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that when I was younger, I self-harmed quite a lot. Um, I had a couple of um, suicide attempts um, when I was younger. So they, they very promptly, as, as you, as the, the mental health sector does, it, it yeah. tends to deal with the, the peak cases, the people who are who are manifesting their mental health rather than people who are going to, um, and and still the the issue is is that it's the mental health um, therapies, the counselling, the CBT, the psychotherapy. Um, it's all very geared towards neurotypical individuals, and yeah. a lot of the, nearly every single person that I've talked to who does talking therapies it doesn't work for me because they don't communicate on the same wavelength and you know going further to that I don't want to make it sound, sound horribly depressing uh, I'm sure there's there's been a lot of advancements but um, it's very very difficult to find specialized mental health um, counseling and such for autistic people and yeah. the ones that are available are private they have a long waiting list and they're very expensive and employment rates. They're not the best for autistic people. Yeah. So it's, um, it's very, very, very difficult to, to try and access support, you know, considering uh, the, the low life quality and the, the mental health statistics around being autistic. See, 
So, I mean, you've been through like an incredible amount, haven't you? And such a short period of life. Of life, really, yeah. I would say. Because yeah. uh, uh, I, I, if I was honest, I would say, gosh, you, you've been through so much so soon, mm. considering the age you're, you are at, and you have so much ahead of you now. You know, you have that whole life ahead of you to achieve so much and I am 100% sure you're going to do that without doubt 100% sure you're going to achieve I think that's so why like, we, we love him so much don't we because from reading more finding out more about you um, from first meeting you it's your passion to help others that we really love because you've been mm-hmm. through all that trauma and, and you still you still might be struggling now but you're still trying to help others even mm. though you've got your own personal battles and and the mental health problems and everything else, which have been obviously, like you've said, really severe at times, you still strive to help other people all the time. And we saw, saw you at the at the catwalk, you're struggling with like the noise and stuff. And we never see that. We never see really an artistic adult, or we, mm. we never see that. It's always been children like Levi Lucas, a sage and. Levi and Lucas won't tolerate you defenders, so they just put the fingers in their ears. But yeah. half the time it's Levi and Lucas that are making the noise. <laughs> it's okay when they're making the noise, but they don't like anybody else's noise. Just for our listeners, if they want to find more information about you, Thomas, you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter. I d- yeah, I'm on Twitter, but I don't really use it. Um, That's the same for me. Uh, <laughs> Facebook. And if people want to get advice from you or some knowledge, they can just reach out to you, can't they? I'd, I'd say the best place to do that is either through my website, yeah. thomashenley.co.uk. There's like an email box. And through my direct messages on Instagram. And you've got a really, you've actually got a really good uh, website, actually, aren't you? It's, I clicked on it and it's like really easy to access and, I, I like all your graphics, how you do your photos and stuff, and your Instagram page, it's so, like, engaging, and you want to just look at all the pictures on it. And I, I, I know you've recently been saying about changing your name on it, and mm. I really like the uh, autism animal. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you know, uh, when, when I put that story out and asked for those questions, um, I received yours, which was autism animal. I was like, okay, cool. And then another one straight after that was, Please, for the love of God, don't change your name to Autism Animal. <laughs> oh, like, I don't know what to do. Um, so I'm just, I'm just parking that that name change for the for the time being and working on other stuff. But um, why are you, are you an animal, Thomas? I do, I do, well, I, I'm I'm literally an animal. Um, <laughs> I am an animal. Uh, I, I I don't know. I feel like it. It plays into the the whole fitness combat sports kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, I my my mother hates it. She thinks it's she's it's not me at all. Yeah. Um, and I do kind of understand that because a large part large part of me my my work is based on empathy and open communication about sensitive or, or controversial things so oh yeah because of yeah you work with a lot of professional organizations obviously like the dwp and stuff aren't you so it's really tricky isn't it to find a name that's professional and and whether you do want to change it or not but 
either way, I mean, when we put this podcast out, obviously we'll tag all the links in for your website and stuff and people will be able to find out more information about you and see everything and all your socials and stuff through that, definitely. But on that note, we're going to have to finish there. It's been a joy to have you on and we will definitely have you back on the Different Village podcast. Yeah. And thank you, Thomas, so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me on. It's been been lovely. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye-bye now. Bye. So thanks again for listening to the Diffability podcast this week. Um, We really love your reviews and especially your five-star reviews, and especially if you leave a little comment as well. We really appreciate that, and it helps us uh, find out what's working and what's helping you guys. To be honest, it helps us climb the charts in the podcast situation (laughs) because we really want to be in the top 10. And the more reviews we get, the better it will be. So all you head teachers out there or those that work in the SEN section or all you professionals, don't just listen to see what we're up to and where we're going. Please leave a review. You all have plenty of time on your hands, those teachers, as we were saying earlier on. So this was left from Faye1978 on 7th of April 22 from the United Kingdom. And it says, love this so much. I absolutely love this. So refreshing and down to earth. I'm learning more about the family as well as hints and tips the charity tips are amazing. Um, I had not heard of Merlin's charity before, so thank you very much. So thanks a lot, Faye, for that review. What a lovely review, Faye. Thank you very much. Please do leave more of those reviews, Faye. Yeah. It certainly does help us. But whilst we're on the subject, don't forget to, you know, like, share and comment our podcast. And rate subscribe. and review and subscribe, as Michael said. And also do check out the Dad's Net there somewhere in the world as well <laughs> I don't know whereabouts they are but you know well, I think um, the Dad's Net parenting group is really good because it's got lots of other dads with children with different disabilities so you can find out lots of advice and information on there as well as well as on the Dad's Net website so there you go that is sadly another episode of the Disability Podcast we will be back next very soon Monday. for a lot pardon next Monday next Monday 2am yes. 2am listen to Michael now listen because it gets released at 2am because a lot of special needs families are up at that time of night yes and the tune in well he's very factual today Michael isn't he he's very bossy (laughs) what a bossy person he is today (laughs) I know you're going to say something else I was going to say something else (laughs) but I realise we are recording for the Disability Podcast it's always a pleasure it's never a chore you know and we love sharing our journey with the boys and, and where is the Atwell Price family available? They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter. Yeah. They're on Facebook. Yes. They're on... TikTok. TikTok? Yeah. yeah. Twitter. They're on... Venus. Yeah. They're on Mars. <laughs> and I'm even in Uranus. So thanks for listening and speak to you soon. Bye-bye.